Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2, episode 195 of this study session podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today as we uh, take a pause today from our Come Follow Me studies as we generally do on a Monday. On a Monday now we are going to be sharing a couple of uh, listener comments or reviews uh, of this study session podcast and also a something that I've been studying alongside the Come Follow Me study for this week. Um, and if you have something that you've been studying that you're interested in sharing uh, and that we can discuss on a future podcast episode, I'd love to hear it on the Facebook group, uh, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, or you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. To begin with, uh, we haven't actually had, I mentioned this uh, on the yesterday or the day before's podcast, since starting this uh, practice of sharing a couple of uh, listener comments or, or um, studies, um, we haven't actually had many this week, ironically, although we did, we have had an email from someone who is interested in joining in a future podcast um, study, which I'm going to try and get sorted for this week, so you can look forward to that. Um, in the podcast studies group uh, in, on in Facebook, or on Facebook, uh, there was a comment left by uh, someone, uh, Chrissy Roberts, who is my wife, uh, you may uh, recognise the name, uh, about the prayer that was offered uh, by... Uh, Alma for the Zoramites, uh, and there was some really nice uh, thoughts that um, were interested or were picked up about the prayers of the Zoramites. Uh, obviously, the um, the fact that they offered the same rehearsed prayer, um, you know, I think that that is something we need to consider. Actually, in in a primary meeting we had this week that our children were were joining in on, uh, our bishop shared a, a similar thought about how reciting the same prayer would get very tiresome uh, for Heavenly Father. If we were to ask the same question three times to someone, you know, it, you know, one of our friends, if we were to ask the same question repeatedly, they'd get pretty annoyed and a bit confused. Uh, and so it can be the same for us and our Heavenly Father um, if, he, if we were to repeat the same thing each time. Uh, also, the Zoramites had convinced themselves they were the chosen people uh, and didn't um, remember the, God's influence in their lives, which is important to remember. And then um, stating that they knew that Christ wouldn't come. And again, comparing that to uh, Alma's prayer, where he says the phrase in Christ several times is an example where he recognizes the importance of Christ. And that was a really nice insight because I hadn't noticed how many times Alma mentioned the phrase in Christ in his prayer. And so that just shows kind of the, the, the total opposite types of prayers that they had both authored. So yeah, that was a really nice uh, comment. So thank you to, for for her to, for that. Um, today I'm going to share because uh, I don't have much uh, many other comments to share. But if you're uh, willing to share what you've been studying again, please do so on the Facebook group or via email if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode. Uh, to for today's session, I want to share a talk that I've been looking at uh, recently from the most recent general conference. Uh, there are many talks to have a look at, uh, and so there's a lot uh, to uh, to cover. But I wanted to just talk about Elder Jeffrey R. Holland's talk, which was called A Perfect Brightness of Hope. This was a fantastic talk. Uh, many of the talks were fantastic. He begins with looking at the um, state of religious beliefs of the day in the 1800s, specifically in Christianity. Uh, and he said that he and his wife, Sister Holland, um, took on that invitation by President Nelson to think about what we have received from the restored gospel of Christ. And he said, quote, 
um, in that imagined setting, we asked ourselves, what's missing here? What do we wish we had? What do we hope God will provide in response to our spiritual longing? Close quote. So he begun by saying that, you know, that he and his wife considered what would be missing for them personally if they had the same religious beliefs as those people in the early 1800s. And he speaks about having a true concept of God. He speaks about knowing about the nature of God. Quote, he certainly would not have been a cold, arbitrary autocrat who predestined a select few for salvation and then consigned the rest of human, the human family to damnation. Close quote. So that's that's the hope that he would have for a belief in Christ. He would speak or a belief in God. He also uh, mentions about speaking of Jesus, um, the um, the current beliefs of Jesus at the time, and the the you know the, the lack of clarity over his ministry, his glorious resurrection, the atonement, what the atonement was, and what it means for us uh, as part of God's plan, um, and of course many other things he listed. Um, he says, quote, well, our 1820 list of hopes could go on and on, but perhaps the most important message of the restoration is that such hopes would not have been in vain. Beginning in the sacred grove and continuing to this day, these desires be began to be clothed in reality and became, as the Apostle Paul and others taught, true anchors to the soul, sure and steadfast. What was once only hoped for has now become history, close quote. Um, you know, and I think that this is a wonderful talk about realizing the perfect brightness of hope that we can all have because of the restoration of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which, of course, was what this whole conference was really about. He then continued um, and he talked about COVID-19, uh, which at the time was very much um, just beginning to have the impact that it would have on the um, certainly the, the nations of Europe and, and, and in North America. Um, for at that for at that time, um, there'd only really been a few a few weeks of lockdown in those places. And um, but what he says was really um, insightful. Uh, he said, "Quote: Even as we speak, we are waging an all hands on deck war with COVID nineteen. A solemn reminder that a virus one thousand times smaller than a grain of sand can bring entire populations and global econ economies to its to their knees." Um, and then he goes on further to say, quote, when we have conquered this, and we will, we may we be equally committed to freeing the world from the virus of hunger, freeing uh, neighbourhoods and nations from the virus of poverty. May we hope for schools where students are taught, not terrified they will be shot, and for the gift of personal dignity for every child of God, unmarred by any form of racial, ethnic or religious prejudice. Undergirding all of this is our relentless hope for greater devotion to the two greatest commandments of all, to love God by keeping his counsel and to love our neighbours by showing kindness and compassion, patience and forgiveness. Close quote. I mean, that quote was just astounding to me, um, you know, and it was really important that all of us at that time and, and, to, and are still trying to be alert and aware of this virus and do all that we can to be safe and make sure that everyone is safe and still try and continue on with our, our lives. But then once this has eventually passed and however it does, um, may we still have that same drive and that, that unity uh, to fight against the things that he listed. One in particular was, of course, racial, ethnic or religious prejudice. And of course, we saw a couple of months later that the whole Black Lives Matter movement and and that movement should continue. It's a really important um, thing to remember 
that all lives are, are important and despite racial, ethnic or religious divisions that there may be, uh, we should still be united in making sure that all lives are loved and cared for. Uh, and so I think that that was clearly something that was important. But the insightful and um, wonderful quotes didn't stop there. He said, quote, in addition to having these global desires, many in this audience today have deeply personal hopes, hope for a marriage to improve, or sometimes just hope for a marriage, hope for an addiction to be conquered, hope for a wayward child to come back, hope for, hope for physical and emotional pain of a hundred kinds to cease. Because the restoration reaffirmed the foundational truth that God does work in this world, we can hope, we should hope, even when facing the, the most insurmountable odds, close quote. It really was a wonderful talk, uh, a very inspiring talk, and one which, um, you know, for anyone who is struggling with any kind of difficulty, which is all of us, um, you know, um, to some degree or level, um, you know, we can have great hope because of the, res the restoration of the gospel of Christ. So I encourage you to study that uh, at some point this week. It was a really good talk, uh, and it was really one that um, made me feel a lot of hope and peace in, in my, for my life. Thank you for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please, as I mentioned, I've mentioned already the Facebook group and the email address. The email address, again, is session at gmail.com. It'd be wonderful uh, to get your thoughts, or, or if you're interested in joining me for a future study, to hear from you. Look after yourselves and uh, enjoy your study that you that you take on, that you do by yourself. And until we meet again.